Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from our guest speaker. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It's a joy to be here. like to get a, a couple things straight uh, before we get into the Word today. And by the way, we're just going to have a good old Bible study in Colossians chapter 3. So I hope you brought along your Bible or, or your phone or something to go through it with me. Hopefully you even have an outline. I think we had those available today. But uh, what I'd like to get really straight is that... Um, even though many of you here have children, I have the three best in the whole world. And I have three sons that I could not thank God enough for. Uh, Nathan's my favorite preacher. Philip's my favorite worship leader. And Jordan is my favorite wild man. <laughs> and they, they all love Jesus. And, uh, and they're making a difference in the world. And, and, you know, as a dad, nothing means more than that. Amen. And so I'm really grateful. The other thing I want to get straight before we get into the message is how thankful I am for you. Some of you don't know that, that um, Karen and I are up today from Refresh Church, just started three years ago in Florida, in South Florida. And um, we're just moving right along. A couple weeks ago, we had 115. God is just blessing us, and we're moving forward. But um, you have been a big part of that. Many of you have come down on work teams, including my spiritual son, Conway, jumped in on the, on, the, uh, on the thing, and so many others. And I cannot thank you enough. If you'd have been with me uh, about three or four days after Hurricane Ian and seen the devastation of our city, which is still a whole islands are wiped off the map down there and and watch the team that you sent down unload thousands of dollars of equipment and come in and just start going out to neighborhoods I remember the first one that we went to right Conway it was just the flood of water had just washed everything out and everything's on the street and trees are over uh, your pastor Nathan is there we're just working and helping people and bringing hope and bringing Jesus to devastation and you've even come down a second time and I want you to know something you guys keep doing that Jesus wants to, to use you in ways you can't even imagine. Don't get clogged up in, in your head. Just keep giving. Keep allowing your heart to give and to serve. And thank you for including our little fellowship uh, down in South Florida. God bless you all. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here today and, and to speak. I just want to say one thing about Nathan, and that is that uh, he's an incredible man of God and an incredible leader. And uh, I was telling all the grandkids yesterday, I got them together, and Karen and I gave them some gifts because we don't see them very often. And I told them about <clears throat> Uncle Nathan. And Nathan, I wanted their kids to hear when he was 14 years old, me watching him give his life to Jesus, never turning back, having 30 minutes to an hour of devotions as a teenager, his face before God. And at times, you know, he would say, Dad, you know, you didn't let me do this. You didn't let me do that. And every once in a while, I would say, yeah, but... Your life is going to change the world, and it has. And I just want you to help me thank God for what he's done in Nathan's life. <clears throat> now, we're going to get this Bible study going in Colossians 3. We're going to read that first, and then I have a lot to say. Here we go. <laughs> 
Colossians 3, verse 1 to 14. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other anymore since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, (laughs) which binds them all together in perfect unity. Heavenly Father, oh God, we just want your word to penetrate our soul today. Move in our hearts and our minds like never before, oh God. I I pray, Father, that you would do a work of cleansing in every one of us today, God. You have made us in your image, oh God, and you have called us to be holy and to walk literally as Jesus did. So help us, God. Speak to us today. Literally, by your authority, I bind any lies of the evil one, any any disturbance, any, any distractions, and in Jesus' name, I proclaim today that you are going to set captives free. Start with me, God. Do it in all of our hearts. In your name we pray. Come on, everybody, help me. Amen. Hey, guys, listen, since this is a class on Colossians today, you didn't even know that, did you? But you're in my class for Colossians. Now, picture that. And I want to get you caught up because we're all the way up to chapter 3. And in the first two chapters, what's going on is Paul is pretty ticked off. He didn't pastor this church. He didn't plan it. Epaphras did. And Epaphras brought him the news of two huge heresies that are going on in this church. Are you still with me? The first heresy I want to just mention, I'm not going to talk about it, and that was Judaizers. It's a heresy of legalism. Listen, they followed Paul and other people of the way, that's what it was called, around. And they would go in, and when someone came to Christ, then they'd try to take them right back into the law. you got to be circumcised. you got to do this. you got to do that. It was a serious problem, and Paul had to deal with it. But the one I just want to mention for a moment is called Gnosticism. Now, a lot of people think that Gnosticism really had its birth in the second century, but I believe through research that it had its birth in Colossae, right here in this this church, now that Paul is writing to. And really, what is Gnosticism? Well, uh, uh, Gnostic means knowledge. 
They believed that they had a superior knowledge, and that was the way that you were saved. You got superior knowledge. Now, I believe all the factors of Gnosticism were, were right here. Let me tell you the most serious. See, they believed that since they had superior knowledge, that you functioned in your mind, in the spirit, and your body was just flesh and didn't matter. So what eventually evolved is they said, you know, you can go ahead to the temple, Diana, and and all that, the prostitutes, because what you do in your body is separate than what you do in your spirit. Ah, I don't think so. And here, that's not the worst part of it. You see, According to the Colossians, God was good, but matter was evil. And because the good God could never have created evil matter, they postulated a descending series of emanations from the divine being. And Jesus was just one of those emanations. He was a good one. But he wasn't God. In fact, they worshipped angels because it was essential to have angels to help you have this, these emanations of knowledge. Now, I'll stop all this. I, I know you, this isn't really interesting, but it's interesting to me because Jesus was just simply a higher emanation. He wasn't God. He, he, wasn't, he, di- he wasn't the Lord of all. And they, they taught, they denied the deity of Christ and they denied the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And if you study the first two chapters of Colossians, you'll see that Paul is just hitting this head on. And he, he said, you know what? Paul said, in him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And he began to set them straight of what was going on. It's a serious heresy that was happening here in the Colossian church. And Paul came out with all barrels and spoke to it. Now, let me say this to you today very clearly. Any philosophy that denies or obscures the person and deity of Jesus Christ is evil and extremely dangerous. Did you hear me today? The humanity, the deity, and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ is non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. And all cults obscure who Jesus really is in some way or not. I want to tell you, I was studying in my office at my home down in just a couple months ago while it was cold here and bitter and and dark and gray, and the sun was shining, and the palm trees were blowing gently in the wind. Anyway, let me get on to it. I was in my office, and all of a sudden, I got a, a knock on the door, and there were three ladies. In fact, they were very attractive, and they were from a cult, and they knocked on the door, and they said, we would like to come in and talk to you. And so I identified what the cult was, and I said, listen, I'm in the middle of writing a sermon actually here today at home, and I don't really have time to spar with you uh, a little bit, but I'm a pastor, and, uh, and one lady jumped in and she said, oh, good, we believe the same things. And so that didn't set well with me. I, now I know what, what Paul was feeling when he wrote this letter. And I just looked at her as gently with all the love I could and the force of an elephant. And I said, I said to her, listen, dear, we don't believe the same thing. The people that brought deception into your heart misinterpreted a Greek participle as Jesus was a God instead of the God. 
And I said, you also have not read the first chapter of Colossians, because if you did, you would be able to understand that he is the image of the invisible God, and all the fullness of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, dwell in him. He is through all things and in all things, and by that time, I noticed that they were back on the grass outside my home, and they left gently and merrily away. But I'm telling you, it's nothing to mess with, church. Nothing. Happen a proper view of Jesus. Mark this down. Is the antidote to any and every heresy that's out there. And do not think today that we are not being bombarded with heresies. I had, I had lunch by kind of accident with a gentleman about a month ago. And I asked him about you know, uh, what church he went to. And he said, oh, no, I don't go to any one church. I, I go to all different churches. Oh, really? I said, uh, that doesn't sound very biblical. Oh, no. And he said, there are a lot of pastors that need to be set straight. <laughs> so I guess Karen could feel my lip quivering. <laughs> you know, because I, I just wanted to give him a piece of my mind. And then that little voice came, you don't have enough to spare. So I... I kept my lip. But what I wanted to say to him is, man, you're being deceived. And church, today I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. And I want us all to be filled up with Jesus. This is a Jesus church. I read it right up there. And you and I need to know him. We need to love him. We need to be consumed with him. That's what I've come to tell you today. And we need to guard our heart and our doctrine so that nothing obscures Jesus Christ. After Paul set these Colossians straight on who Jesus is, he then helped them see their position in Christ. And then he did this. He began to show them what the conduct is of someone who is called in Christ, someone who names Christ, someone who's a new creation. Here's the conduct, and that's where we find ourselves today in those verses that I read. Paul did this in other writings. You look at Ephesians, first three chapters are the doctrine of the faith. Chapter four, he says your calling has to have, the, your conduct has to have the same weight as your calling, and that's where we are today. He wants us to understand that how we live, the clothing that we wear identifies who we are. Now, I think the guys have a picture that I, that I found of different people's clothing. Do you all have it uh, today? Is there a picture at all that, oh, oh they're right there behind me. And they're, so as you look on there, can you identify what some people do and who they are a little bit by their clothing? Look on there. There's a, there's a lot of different outfits there. I've come today to tell you that you have an outfit too. God wants you to clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. And I hope by the end of this talk today that you'll understand that the world needs you and I to walk around. I'm not talking about weirdo. I'm not talking about that we all just wear white things and we go around humming there or anything. I think, no, I'm talking about that you and I have clothing in Christ. And that's what Paul was writing here. So let's get into it. And what he did here today he, Paul gives three clear commands to help us live the lives that we profess in Jesus Christ. Are you ready for them? Here we go. Here's the first one. Set your heart and your mind on things above. Now, when I read these, this scripture, it says, since then you have been raised with Christ. You can't move past that word. You have to look, well, what, what does it mean to be raised with Christ? 
Well, Paul is saying, you're already checked into the heavenlies. Am I right? You have a position in Jesus Christ, and you've already been raised up with Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I know you guys don't do this normally, but would you just join me in saying something? I'm not home yet. See, you, you might be here in body, but the truth of it is the moment that you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were checked into heaven. Isn't that exciting? Oh, come on, guys. Now, listen, I think you have an outline of mine. Some of you do there. And there's a little chart down at the bottom. Do you see that? And it's all about our position. And I, I'm looking at this, and you see that literally there are these three realms. I wanted you to see this. There's the realm of God. There's the realm of angels. And they're the realm of people and things. And we're here. Our bodies are here. But literally, our focus is to be there where we're checked into heaven. Your baggage is already checked in. And one day you're going to throw off this body, Paul said, and you're going to step into the glory that God intended. In the meantime, though, as God's children, we live from our heavenly citizenship. If you understand that, say yes. We live from there, and our mindset has to be there. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So when God looks over uh, on the throne, and there's Christ, and we're seated right there beside him, we're his righteousness. We're dressed in white robes. We are pure. We are checked into heaven. And you say, wow. Well, I got some sin in my life. Listen to me. Jesus Christ, you're there positionally because of what Jesus did and what you received in your heart, not because of what you have done. Okay, is anybody hearing me today? You know, now in Florida, can I just take a, a little commercial break here? In Florida, when I'm preaching, people talk to me. And <laughs> over here, there are a couple people that are talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy them a hamburger later. Over here, I don't know. It's not so good. So here's what I'd like you to do from now on out. If I say something good, say something back to me. You could, it could be like, preach it, brother. Come on, bring the fire. Anything, come on. Already? God loves us. Oh, man. Come on! Woo! So... You've now been raised up with Christ. And the scripture says that Christ is seated far above all rule and authority. Can I ask you, what does that say about us? What does that say? We're seated with Christ. You and I, someone said to me, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I said, brother, I just really wish you would get it together. You're a saint of the Lord, most high God who sometimes sins, but you don't even have to do that. You're a saint of the most high God. Literally, you've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. You've been, you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And I am tired. This put, dates me back, but I'm tired of Eeyore Christians. They forgot my birthday. I am tired of walking in the kingdom of God and seeing defeated Christians when you and I have, are to fight from victory, not for victory, because Jesus gave us victory in his name. Woo! Come 
Come on, church. Come on, church. Our bodies are here, but what are we to be doing? We're focusing on heaven. We're setting our heart and our mind on the things above, on the word of God, on the things that the Holy Spirit says. We might be walking down here, but we might be living on this level, but we are checked in there. That's the way we can make it through the walk here on earth until Jesus comes back for us. Come on. Come on, church. Now, what's, what's the command? The command is set. It's a really, it's a really potent word. Now, the, the word set means to focus. It means firm concentration. And, and when I did some research in the Greek, I ran across this amazing little thing. It was all the way back to a bird dog. <laughs> That's great, a bird dog. And the, what happens is that a bird dog, when it gets to a bush, and let's say there's a pheasant in it. So maybe up here, I haven't heard a thing from you, but that's okay. Listen, the, the bird dog gets to the bush, and all of a sudden, here's my best bird dog. And he just points. Ooh, I just pulled a muscle. Anyway, the bird dog just points. And he stares there, and I've heard of hunters tell me they have to literally, if there's no bird in there, if there was just an accident, they have to carry him away. Now, here's the word for the bird dog. The word is gaze. Now, here's the truth, and I want you to embrace this in your heart right now. Ready? A lot of Christians are glancing at God. Now, you're gazing at your phone. The average person spends four and a half hours a day on it. You're, you're gazing at other things. And then you're wondering why your spiritual life is up and down. Because, because you're not gazing on Jesus Christ. He, he wants you to think about the things that are above. He wants you to think about his word. He wants your heart to be so consumed with him that everything else pales in comparison. Can I get an amen to that? Come on. Whoa, my goodness. That bird dog... You know, see, the bird dogs are bird-minded, and you and I are to be heavenly-minded. I keep running into Christians that are Christians by name, but when I'm around them a little bit, and I don't want to judge them, boy, this breaks my heart. I don't, I don't smell Jesus. I don't hear Jesus. I don't hear us thinking heavenly. Someone years ago said to me, that person's so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. I trash that statement. That's a lie. You could never be too heavenly minded. And God wants you to focus on heaven. He wants you to think on the, the agenda of heaven. He wants his word to consume your heart and your mind. He wants to be so in control of you that you can say, Jesus is my life. Jesus is my life. I died to the old life. I was baptized. And when I came up out of that water, I was raised up to new life. And so I have set my attention on Jesus Christ. That's the first command. The second command is this. It's really to put on the new self, but the real command is get rid of the old. Are you still with me? Get rid of the old. And the scripture says this, that we're to put it to death. Literally, whatever belongs to the old life, put it to death. I, I'm going to start at verse 5 of Colossians again, 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must 
Rid yourself of all such things as these, anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Wow. What a message for you and I. Wow, wow, wow. Listen, listen to me, guys. We're to put to death the old life. Guys, this is the burden that it came up here with today. I, I want to just share briefly with you three ways to get sin out of our life. I, I, let, me, let me just make a statement here. You know, you and I choose to sin. We, we've been made new creations in Christ. Does anybody agree with that? He's been giving us a new nature. You know, you know, we are going to sin because he didn't push this erase button in our life. And I know we have wounds and there are things in our life and the Holy Spirit's constantly healing and, and drawing us in. But you know what? We're, we are white as snow in God's eyes, but we are still just blotching up the territory. We are still doing things that... that it hurt our life. And the, the three things I want to tell you in order to get rid of sin in your life, and if I'm the only one here that needs this, that's fine, but I think there might be someone else. And I think you might be tired of a certain habit that keeps popping up in your life. And I think you might be tired of slipping off and watching pornography. I think you might be tired of doing things that grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. And the Lord is saying today, I want you to be clear, and the first way that we get rid of sin in our life is to hate it. Literally, that's what Paul said. He said, put it to death. In other words, the word is hate. Now, you know what? If, some, if I put somebody to death, i got to hate them pretty bad. Are you, are you with me? And, and, and he's using the word, rid yourself of it. You know what? You, you want to know why you don't get rid of certain sins in your life? Here's why. You don't hate them enough. You ever found yourself just saying, Lord, forgive me. And then a week later, Lord, forgive me of this again. You don't hate it. And the word rid is a very aggressive word. And literally what it means is tear it off. Tear it off. You see, this shirt represents the white, represents my life in Jesus. And it's not supposed to be filled up with splotches. And, and it's supposed to be able to be torn off. But, <laughs> and, but I brought scissors. I brought scissors because I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of it splotching up my life. And the Lord told me to come today and tell somebody here that you can be set free because Jesus came to set you free. And, and I want you to hear something from me. I didn't come to set you straight today. I came to agree with God's words so that you'd be set free. That's what Jesus did when he saved us. And it's time to get rid of the old clothes. You see, you keep them around because they were comfortable. And sin is fun and, and it's comfortable. But it's time to take it off because you've been made holy. And it's time for you to live your witness to a world that is desperate for Jesus. And they need you and I to be holy. They need us to walk in the righteousness that God has for us. And you cannot put on the righteousness of God until you take off the old. And don't get nervous, but there's a lot of blotches on me still, and I'm getting rid of it all. 
some of it doesn't want to leave. But I'm getting rid of it. Thanks, brother. I might need those. Nadia hates sin enough to get rid of it? Are you ready to kill it? Are you ready to cut it out? Are you ready to turn off that movie? Are you ready to turn your eyes away from this? If you're, let's say you're just flirting with evil, are you, are you ready to, to repent of it and say, God, I don't want this in my life. I don't want the blotches in my life. God, I want to be pure. I want to be free. When's the last time you felt the freedom of God? You knew you were cleansed and you were whole in the Lord's sight. When's the last time that happened in your life? Oh, it can happen today, right now. You know what? People don't like us preachers to talk about sex, but I just happened to stumble onto this verse from Jesus. He said, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Why, do we, why don't we hear those scriptures anymore? Why, why has the church gotten to the place? Not here. But so many places where Paul says in the last days you're going to tickle your ears so that, so that we can have a great attendance. But last time I checked, God wants us to be holy, church. Jesus died so that we could be freed up from the bondages that were gripping us. And you and I are being stained by the world. That's what that shirt represented. All those were stains from things in the world. And it's not right for God's people. And if you want to be right, you've got to get serious about it. You've got to hate it. Enough to throw it off. And the second thing is you need to increase the fear of God in your life. Want to be through with sin? Listen, you and I that are in Christ, we don't have to be afraid. There's no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I get that, okay? But a lot of people, you know, preach that, but they don't ever talk about that God disciplines those he loves. If you've been disciplined before by the Lord, would you raise your hand? Come on, you all know what I'm talking about. And you and I, we need a fear of God. We need to say, God, no. No, Lord, my flesh wants that. But no, God, I want you to have glory in my life. I want, I want the world to be able to see that you've changed me, God. The scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Christians who don't have a healthy fear lack one of the strongest motivations towards holiness. And you and I need a fear of the Lord. And the third way we get rid of sin is we have to embrace our calling in Christ Jesus. Do you know a lot of Christians don't know who they are in Christ? They never even worked on spiritual gifts or looked at things so that they know where they are in the body of Christ. But you and I have two primary callings, don't we? One is that we're to build up the body of Christ. How do we do that? With the gifts the Holy Spirit's given us. We learn them, we use them, we practice those things so that we all become mature. And the second thing is that we're ministers of reconciliation. Every single one of us in this room is an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You might not be a good one, but you're a witness. You're a witness for Jesus, and your life is a witness. You want to get rid of sin in your life? You focus on the calling that God has over your life. You focus on the fact that every person you pass on the street may be spending an eternity in hell away from God. 
And God will, God will stir your hearts. He'll stir you like never before. The third, the third command is clothe yourself with Christ's character and love. Clothe yourself. Let me read Colossians 3, 12 to 14, and this time in the New Living Translation. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. You must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let's review. You and I have a new self. We're literally raised up positionally with Christ, so we have to have our minds and our thoughts, our heart, centered in on God's agenda and on his, on his truth. We also, though, we have to get rid of things because that's the life Paul said you used to have. We have to get rid of things that keep creeping back in our life or things that try to get back in and put us in the same bondage that Jesus cleansed us from and forgave us from. But the third thing we have to do is we have to clothe ourselves. Now, I want you to understand that those words are important. How do you clothe yourself? Well, you clothe yourself with the character of Jesus and with the love of Jesus that's been shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand something that God doesn't have spirit, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't put your clothes on, okay? Listen, you and I have to clothe ourselves. We literally do. He's given us everything we need. The scripture, you remember that scripture? Everything we need for godliness and righteousness. But you and I have to put it on. We have to go through every day the discipline of walking with Jesus. We have to have our face in the Lord. We need time in the word of God. We need fellowship around other people, not just Sunday morning. This is a celebration for Jesus. We need time in each other. We need people to be accountable to. We need people watching our life. We need people that we're committed to in our life. God wants you and I to clothe ourselves in righteousness. And the clothing of a heavenly citizen is the righteousness uh, that we walk in. And, it, and it's, literally, it's literally the character of Jesus Christ that gets formed in our lives. Our behavior, our holy living matter greatly to a world who is lost and is looking for the truth everywhere we go, everywhere we go. And I just want to say to you, dress yourself Make a new commitment today to clothing yourself with Jesus. Put on his character. And then I read what Paul said. Why do we do it? Why do we clothe ourselves in righteousness? Well, three reasons. But, you know, you, the scripture says you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people, a people belonging to God. And right here Paul says you clothe yourself because you're chosen, because you're holy, and because you're dearly loved. I... I I don't know if you have it in your head or not, but according to the word of God in 1 Corinthians 6, your body is not your own to do with what you want it to do. Look it up, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You've been bought with a great price. Did someone tell you that? When you came to Jesus Christ, now your body is to be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Literally, and the things that, that defile us need to be away from us. And you and I are set apart. That's what it means to be holy, and we're dearly loved. I, I, have, I have a simple question for all of you. Ready? I know, I know you're ready, 
to, for the sermon to be over, but I, I only have like another hour. So listen. How many people here, how many people in your life genuinely love you? How many people do you have in your life? You know without a shadow of a doubt that they genuinely love you with their whole heart. I'm going to tell you something. Most of us, that's not a big list, but let me tell you the one that's important. Jesus Christ loves you. You are his dearly loved child. You're his precious possession. Do you hear this today? Come on. Come on. You are his precious possession. And, and therefore, what he wants more than anything, and Paul uses his words, he wants us to be, God wants us to be formed in Christ. He wants us to put on the very character of Christ. That character, remember, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are all the things that God wants to form in our life. And you say, I've tried. I can't do it. Hey, I got news for you. The moment you came to Jesus, God the Holy Spirit indwelt you. And God gives, gives us everything. All those things, the character of Christ, are fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit works that in your life. And the, and the next thing you know, you start smelling different, literally. You start looking different. I ran into a girl this week that I used to see darkness over her life, and now I just see the light of Jesus Christ. It almost brought me to tears. I'm going, whoo, I smell something different. I smell something different. Jesus is being formed in your heart and in your life. You're beginning to love him, and, you, and it starts to be reflected out of your life. You guys, listen. <laughs> About a month ago, I was in a, a dentist office, and um, I was just sharing with the lady. It was, I didn't really think she could understand what I was saying, but she was talking to me, and I was going, you know. And it wasn't tongues either. Any, anyway, but finally she looked at me and she said, you know, there's something different about your life. There's something different about your life. And I, my sense of humor is just way over the top sometimes. I wanted to say, thanks, I've been trying a new deodorant. <laughs> but instead what I said was, that would be Jesus and she said, wow, I've never heard anybody say that. And I said, well, he's changed my life completely. I, any good that you smell or see, or see in my life is because of Jesus. It's because I'm being clothed in him daily. It's because I'm putting on the things that he has given me. I'm saturating my heart and my mind in his word and in his agenda. And next thing you know, I turn around and I'm at the stoplight. And instead of cussing out the person who sits there with the mask when no one else is in the car, <laughs> I'm, I'm going, bless him, Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of fear off of their life in, in your name. I rebuke the spirit of fear all their life, and I'm going, ooh, I smell Jesus. I smell Jesus in their life. And you know that the truth of it is what Paul said, my favorite statement in this whole thing. He says, then put on love. Put on love. And I'm going, Jesus, when you saved my life, <laughs> you poured out, Holy Spirit, you poured out the love of God in my heart. Oh, and I just, the more I put on the love of Jesus Christ, 
the more everything else falls into place. You know, the more I can bear with someone else's fault, I love that word, bear with. Do you know, I spent 13 years in York County before uh, we just moved three years ago to start planting another church in Florida. And um, one thing that I sadly have to say, and I'm pretty sure it's not here at all, but the spirit of offense was everywhere. I mean, you could just look at people wrong, even as a pastor, and people got offended. And, and, they, and, they, and it's just not God. You see, when you and I put on love, when we are covered in love, it's the perfect bond of unity, he said. It's the thing that brings everything together. It's what creates a harmony. It's what causes us to get together as the body of Christ and say, there's a job to be done and it's not finished. There's a, there are lives to be changed and, and God wants to use us. And we begin to circle around each other and we care about people and we, and we realize that we have just as many faults as they do. And, but we begin to love people so much that we barely even notice anything in their life because we just want them to be full of Jesus and we want to be full of Jesus. Am I making sense at all? And that's what begins to happen. Begins to happen and then we begin to see something different about us than we've ever seen before in our life. Guys, I, uh, I have some other things I could say but I just want you to join me in prayer here today. I'm going to ask Pastor Nathan to come up and and close us today. But Jesus, I just want to smell like you. That's all I can say. I want to just ask you, Father, today that, that you would help not just me to get rid of old clothing, but other people here. That I pray that there would just be a holiness sweep over, a spirit of, of, of holiness just come over this place today. And that we would just be so tired of not being able to walk in the victory you gave us and, and, the, and being bound up by the way we used to be, God. I pray there'd be such a cleansing and such a healing in every one of our hearts, God. Lord, I, I know for a shadow of a doubt you told me to come up and preach this, this, these verses, Lord. So I pray that you would set captives free today, Lord. And I pray, Father, that that we would just have this deep new desire in our life to be people who live like we're raised up, live like like we're citizens of heaven, live with the sweet smell of Jesus on our life, live like people who are being changed daily and more into your likeness, O God. And may we have love like never before. May your love that's shed abroad in our heart, may it just explode over this fellowship, God. May it explode over every heart until we all are changed until we all are like you, Jesus. For it's in your name I pray, amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.